Plugged In podcast, where we will have honest, courageous, and fun conversations about how women are plugging into climate, energy, and sustainable solutions for the planet. I am your host, Megan Bennett, and on this podcast, I will be giving women who are doing the vital work of saving our planet a platform to share their stories, their ideas, and their dreams for a better future. And I hope these conversations will inspire us all to plug into our personal missions and expand what we think is possible for our families, our communities, our work, and ultimately our planet, starting today. Welcome to the Plugged In Podcast. Welcome back, friends, to season two of Plugged In. Happy to be here. I am launching this season in the early days of COVID-19, so I hope this finds you well and healthy and more than ever. My wish for this episode is that it brings you hope. Most of these interviews I did over the past months, I was lucky enough to do in person pre-COVID, but this one I did this week over the phone with Carmen Henriquez. I spoke to her in her home in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Carmen is a filmmaker with Real World Media and one of the producers and directors of Power to the People, a television documentary series airing on Aboriginal People's Television Network right now through the end of April that explores the renewable energy revolution empowering Indigenous communities across Canada. The host of the show is a woman named Melina Labukan Massimo, and she's an Indigenous climate activist and solar entrepreneur herself. Um, And she takes viewers on a journey across the country to wind farms, solar power plants, run-of-river hydroelectric projects, and tidal energy initiatives, all of them Indigenous-led, Indigenous-owned, Indigenous-operated. And for me, there were a couple important themes that emerged as I watched the series. The first was the importance of energy independence and ownership of these clean energy assets. One of the women interviewed in the series says, clean energy is our way out of this colonial mess. So I asked Carmen about how important clean energy and renewable energy assets and ownership are in the work of reconciliation in Canada. The other major thing that struck me in the Power to the People series is the number of young Indigenous women that Melina spoke with. Young women are leading this work on the ground in Indigenous communities. So we explore that issue as well in this episode. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you check out the Power to the People series on APTN. Here we go. Okay. Thank you for joining me today. This is my first time interviewing using Zoom, which is likely something I'll be needing to do more of these days with COVID-19. So uh, thanks for your patience. And um, so I'm calling from my home in Thornbury, Ontario. And where are you this morning? So I am actually in northern Manitoba right now and thank you for having me it's an honor to to speak and it's also one of my first times to talk about power to the people it's often melina's job to talk about the series so this is really cool so thank you for the opportunity perfect so you are one of the directors and producers of the power to the people documentary series it's airing right now on aboriginal people's television network aptn mm-hmm. And this series is about sharing stories about the innovative work and actions that Indigenous peoples and First Nation communities are taking across Canada to transition to a clean energy, low carbon future. That's correct. Um, 
So tell me, how did you get involved in this project? Well, um, we originally, we, we, I guess we have to talk a little bit about the evolution of our work. I think we kind of arrived at Power to the People in terms of coming from making another series called Native Planet, which really, uh, we learn a lot about indigenous knowledge and about the health of the planet in the making of that series, which really informed the kind of content that we wanted to make for Canadians in terms of bringing really inspired stories from emanating from indigenous communities that were actual reality in the country. And uh, during the making of Native Planet, actually we met Melina in one episode in the Tar Sands. And that's when we thought, you know, she would be a wonderful host for a series um, about energy projects across the country. And that's kind of, and our, that collaboration continued for a few years until the series was made. Yeah. Perfect. So she, she was, she grew up in Northern Alberta, mm -hmm. surrounded by oil and gas extraction. And that kind of led her to do work in clean energy. Is that is that kind of her yeah, part that, of her story? That's kind of, we began this, this series there because we thought that was really interesting to understand where was Melina coming from? What was her motivation for this, for, for, for you know, going in this kind of, kind of work to really bring attention to uh, the impact of oil essentially on not just, um, you know, the Tarsans themselves, but, you know, in our lives and what does, does that mean and to the future, to the planet, to the health of, you know, everyone really. So we began with her, with her story, with her community, what happened there, and that kind of guided the process to the rest of the stories, which are all somehow connected to, you know, inspired initiatives and clean energy, energy choices that communities are making today based on, you know, getting away from oil, really. Were you on site for and went along for this this tour. Tell me about what it was like to make the film. Actually, we are the filmmakers. My partner, Denny Paquet, and I are the filmmakers. So we are behind the camera. We are doing, we are following Melina everywhere. It's, it's a journey of three, really, is the three of us. And we have a, another member who comes with that. It's a very, very small team. But we do go to each community. We travel together. We spend time on location. We get to know the people and the stories. Melina, um, sometimes occasionally, or, or, or you, and I would say usually has a connection already with, with the communities which also helps kind of open the door to really understanding where they're coming from, why this energy initiative makes sense in their community. And that kind of um, conversation would take over, you know, a few days before we could really understand and walk away with an episode. But yeah, it was very involved and very grassroots and, um, you know, behind the camera doing all the interviews and working with Melina to bring the stories forth. That was really fun and intense work. That's great. Mm -hmm. Across North America right now, we're seeing more women leading many Indigenous environmental movements, including land defenders and water protectors. And these movements are even being called environmental caregiving, which I think is really interesting. And I'm curious, you know, from your perspective, why, why do you think women are taking the lead right now on, on environmental issues and 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 how this played out in the clean energy sector as well, if you're seeing that same female leadership coming to the forefront. Yeah, I think, I think it's, I don't, I don't know, there's many, many factors, but I think it's time. It's, it's time where the health of the planet really mirrors the health of women. It's something that has really become more obvious to see and thanks to global communications, we can see that it's not a single issue. I mean, a single example would 
we last tesis from Chile, in five days, created a, a, a story and a song that was chanted across the world. Uh, it, it creates, there, there is a sense of a strong community for the first time. Some, some of those barriers are being broken. And there's new, um, healthier, more, I don't know, well, health is actually a good word, but there's, um, you know, the youth, there's, there's a very youthful um, uh, young population of women who don't see themselves with the same constraints as uh, perhaps we did, my generation. Um, and um, I think that's just, I mean, I see the future is female. You can see the future is indigenous. You can see the future is, is, is young. And I think those elements really are behind some of the stories of part of the people because most of these projects are really being channeled through young people um, who are, you know, just very committed to their communities. So I don't know, there's, um, I don't know where I'm going with this really, but mm -hmm. I, no. I do think that there is a female energy that is very easy to see, to grasp, and we really wanted to uh, be part of that movement by really bringing and inspiring really strong female host to the series. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I noticed that um, the episodes that I've watched, many of them, she's speaking to young women. I was like, oh, wow, it's, it's, it's even beyond Melina as a host. It's, there are young women, to your point, young women, Ooh. leading projects, breaking ground, being the project managers on these mm -hmm. um, initiatives and really pushing them forward. So yeah, taking charge of themselves, their lives, their communities, contributing, just being strong. And uh, I, it's just, it's just a wonderful thing to see, really. And how important is it um, that they are clean energy and renewable energy projects? And I want to talk more and hear more about how this fits within Indigenous practices of caregiving and reciprocity with the earth. I think that is precisely why clean energy. And I think when we talk about renewables, I think there's a great sense of... Um, reciprocity with the planet that we need to look at to, to survive. I mean, we, we're really learning as a global community, we are learning what we're doing to the planet. I think in the last few days, we probably have seen more health thanks to, you know, letting the, the planet a little bit alone to heal, you know, not that to find the coronavirus positive, but there are some positives to, to less busyness um, to let the planet heal. I think that's part of um, why these communities are choosing um, this new, I mean, simple things in the north, a community that shuts down their, their generators, for example, and that hum disappears and all of a sudden you can hear, you know, silence for the first time in years. This is something that uh, is hard to understand, the beauty of that or communities that ha are knowingly polluting their environment for energy or, you know, that all of a sudden change to wind, to solar, far more uh, positive, emotional, psychological, and, and just in, in, in terms of the environment, the health of the environment, these projects are meaningful in a, in a very significant spiritual, you know, way, a well-being that, I mean, once, I mean, something that is always interesting to observe when you see a community that integrates new projects, how that community heals, how the community begins to have more health and see themselves in a, in a different light. 
and and that brings you know health all around, not just because it can turn a light bulb with you know without oil. You know, it's just it's just very very holistic. I guess would be the word. Right. Yeah. Tell me more about the spiritual connection and the 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 spiritual health piece. How that's connected? Uh, well, I think this is about a new relationship that we need to have as humans with the planet. And that new relationship, as I was mentioning, is, it's, 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 it's female, it's indigenous, it's young, and it's also spiritual. And, and I think that's this inspiring initiatives in terms of you know, renewable energies across Canada are really based on um, those qualities really. And, yeah, I mean, it's a spiritual. It's a, it's a spiritual connection with one another, with the community, with the land, that respect and that sense of wellness that comes from knowing that you are not harming the environment or that you are more connected to the community, that these projects bring people together, that they benefit the communities themselves. They're no longer paying our dollars to external parties. They're bringing those dollars back into the communities for language programs, for educational programs, for you know, all sorts of, kind of healing activities. So it's a literal, literal way that you, that this community see, see positives in a spiritual sense, yeah. And what role does access and ownership, kind of, kind of building on this to those resources, um, play in the work we have ahead of us with reconciliation in this country? What's the, what's the connection there, do you see? Well, reconciliation, that's a big word. Uh, but I... I I mean, reconciliation is at the core of the conversation we need to have as Canadians about this cultural divide, indigenous, non-indigenous that we have, because we need to have dialogue about, about not just what happened in the past and the need to have an education and acknowledge these things so that we understand who our neighbors are, who are, you know, who we are as country, who we are as, as people, as communities. Um, but to, um, to really see that by bringing healing and healing communities, you can actually create more wealth and bring, you know, what, because we need to shift from, you know, economies that are global to circular economies that are local. And I think indigenous communities already understand this really well. And, and, and this kind of circular economy that brings, um, you know, clean energy or renewables like solar, that, that they're not going outside the community, they're bringing local empowerment and wealth to the community and it stays within. That already is a way of, you know, looking at um, all communities or larger communities looking at, at ways of doing this kind of a more local, localized, um, I want to say growth because it's so ingrained in us that we have to grow, but <laughs> but it's not it. It needs to be circular. It needs to be reciprocal. It needs to be, you know, the well-being of everyone. I think what needs to change is not you. If if I win, you lose. That mentality needs to change. Well, if I win, then you win. And if we both win, then we're well as a community. And that that kind of mentality needs to change in order to, to have health as, as, as humanity, as, as a balanced community. And I think what these projects represent is that balance in a microcosmic scale in a small community. But that's really what it is, is that it's really our leading the way in how this kind of balanced way of existing with health, with well-being is possible. So yeah. 
Very exciting. It's very important work. Thank you. Um, are there any sites or communities that you visited that stand out as especially inspiring or hopeful or, or specific installations or, or experiences that stand out to you when you look back at, at the experience? Oh, I think that oh, it's hard, hard, you know, these people have asked me, tell me about the, the four best communities you met. And it's very hard. Uh, I think every community is, is unique and they, we learn something unique. They will, it, it was a, an incredibly beautiful journey uh, across the country, going to places that most people are not necessarily invited to go. So that, oh my goodness, that already was uh, amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hideaway and their, you know, uh, initiative to become um, oil-free is inspiring. It's extremely inspiring. It's, it's, you know, it's artistic, it's poetic, it's grassroots. It's just, it's very moving. I mean, it really comes from a, a true place of inspiration where the community really wants this change. So that was impressive to see across the whole community. And I don't know, I don't want to get emotional. There are just so many moments that were beautiful. We were welcoming to places that most people are not welcome. There was Alert Bay, which was amazing. We were there able to go to a potlatch that was done in honor of missing and American women in Canada. Melina happens to have that sadness in her own life. So it was very healing for all of us and to see her there too was wonderful. I don't know, just moments like that. that there was, there was so, I mean, literally so much giving community that has suffered so much and that they are struggling so much, yet they have so much to give to other, other, other people, other people from all over the country who came to just spend time and heal together. So, really emotive moments, I think. Yeah, they were many. They were really, yeah, amazing. What was most surprising to you? Uh, most surprising. Mo most surprising, I think it was the variety of energies that are out there that are possible. The amount of creativity that communities bring forth to make these projects happen. And how they do amazing things with such limited resources. That is it's impressive every single time. Uh, every single time, how they do it, how long they struggle to bring a wind project to a community. Six years, just get one tower going. And then the benefit when begin, the benefit begins to be seen, that surprise. Everyone in the community is always surprised. <laughs> it actually pays off all, all that effort. But I mean, yeah, the, 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 yeah, resilience and creativity are abundant among indigenous communities in this country. What are what are some of the largest challenges, or what were some of the largest challenges that that these communities faced with respect to breaking ground on on these projects? So, yeah, timelines and like well, what were some of the things that they've overcome? Usually, I mean, for every community is different. I can't claim to really know um, in detail what those challenges are, but always funds are always need to be channeled from one place to another place and then a new place is, is difficult. So the, 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 what I mean we found through the making of Power to the People, that a new way of relating to 
uh, corporations connecting with communities, doing partnerships, collaborations, uh, different kinds of way of relating to one another to get projects off the ground. That was incredibly creative to see that there are uh, you know entities that are willing and and they they want to be part of this pro new new Canada, <laughs> this new way of, of of being community, which will imply energy. And it, I mean, perhaps we're what the future implies that we get away from these large corporations that give us energy, the same energy all over the country, probably we will have to diversify that depending on geography and how many people, where we are, what is the you know, solar wind situation, and those kinds of things will become a lot more relevant as, as climate change will happen, things might become less normal than we know them to be today. So one of the things you have to think about is, is about that local access. And of course, you know, sovereign energy, you know, being owners of your own energy, of your own, you know, you have control over how you energize your community has a lot of power in it, in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, lots of meanings in the titles of the series as well, Power to the People. <laughs> Yeah, we, we thought, you know, we actually, we, we fought for it. We really, really wanted to, to keep it just because it has so many connotations and nuances. And it's, it's a well-traveled sentence. And we really wanted to use it to, to, to just be all those things. And it still be about energy, of course. Um, and it, but it was hard. It was hard. It was hard to, you know, get it cleared and all of that. <laughs> but we stuck to it, so. What's the feedback been on the series to date? What have you heard from, from um, viewers? Oh, I'm going to brag a little bit. <laughs> I think it's been, it's been amazing. It's been very well received. We have, um, have lots of eyeballs, I guess, in all the social media that we have put out there, which brings uh, you know, viewers to the series. There's been a lot of comments, a lot of questions you know, in the, in the you know, thousands. So that's, it's, it's, it's really inspiring. And of course, there's always more to do to promote the series. You know, there's always more to do and um, to, to bring more people to, you know, learning about these things always is, is a challenge. But I mean, to, what we felt like just from the moment we launched the it was that the potential to really build community around it was there from, from, from the very beginning, from the first episode. So we thought that was, you know, maybe that was, that was good. That was good, and, and that you know we were proud of Melina in that sense too, to be able to have that um, persona, that you know, that warmth to bring the audience forward. That's that's great too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what's next? What's next for for the team and for and your for yourself and and for Melina and this work? It's just ongoing, you know, promotion until the end of the series, and what's what's after that? Well, there's always next season that we're hoping for. We're really hoping that the audience actually helps us by sending messages to APTN and hopefully asking for more and to do more, more, more projects of this nature. That would be fantastic. And I think that's kind of where we 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 will eventually see that um, see what what you know where that path leads us. But um, yeah, there's always more. Then we are also working on. Um, other, I mean, Denny and I, my, my, our company is called Real World Films, and we produce power to the people, and we hopefully produce uh, more content along this, this, this line of uh, environmental and political and hopeful, because this is what power to the people is, where we really wanted to do something hopeful and get away from the negativity of our time.
Absolutely. So how can people follow along? Where do they go to see the show? Can you tell us a little bit about where people can, uh, can find the series right now? You can see some, you can learn about all the stories and see, um, you know, have an energy quiz and some energy choices, Paul, uh, uh, carbon calculator as well on the website. It's powertothepeople.tv. I spell it out in all the words, powertothepeople.tv. And you can see the, 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 and then you'll see excerpts from the, all the episodes there as well. But you can go to APTN. APTN airs the show on Tuesdays. I think it has various schedules on Tuesdays. But it's better if you know exactly where you are in Canada because obviously that changes. So it's best to check that on APTN. And if you want to, you know, indulge and watch many episodes, you can go to APTN Lumi. And there's a subscription there for a few dollars, I think. I'm not 100% sure. But you have to subscribe to get to the full series in Cree and English. And there's social media. Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. The, yeah. So it's yeah, power to the people. Uh, let me see what the tags are. But I think those are not, not too difficult to find. Really. Yeah. yeah. Post them as well. Awesome. Excellent. Is there anything else you wanted to share, Carmen? Yeah. Thank you for your questions. It was I, I yeah, thank you for your questions. I appreciate the opportunity to speak about power to the people. It's it's, it's been a, a a work of love. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's been yeah, a real pleasure getting to meet you over the phone. And thank you so much for taking the time today to speak with me. And I look forward to continuing to watch the series as it comes out and follow your work and look forward to uh yeah, watching where this goes. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Plugged In Podcast. I'm having so much fun bringing this to you and I hope you enjoy it as well. Let me know what you think. Share it, rate it, leave a review, reach out. I am on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. All the info can be found at pluggedinpodcast.ca. I am super thankful for all the love and support behind the scenes. Some special call outs to Ercilia Serafini and Summer Hill for supporting me with the time to explore and work on this personal project. So appreciated. And finally, to my guests, thank you for being the inspiration. Join me next time on the Plugged In Podcast.